0: Hi and welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use all my knowledge to channel, information, and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to the 14th episode of the podcast. I'm super grateful that you're here. And this week's topic is all about empaths and being an empath and how to work with that. And I have the beautiful guest Lola Pickett on the show this week. She's the creator of the Empath to Power podcast, and she has also created the Wild Messengers Tarot cards and guidebook. And she is passionate and truly working to empower empaths and highly sensitive people to shine brighter and to be more successful. And I know a lot of you out there are empaths because I've written about empaths and being an empath uh, a couple of times on Instagram and I've got a lot of response from all of you. So I'm really excited to share this episode. Um, Lola is also a spiritual coach and uh, she does uh, readings, animal guide readings. And in this episode, we cover everything around empaths we talk about the tarot, Uh, we get into some herbal healing and plant medicine and also how plants can help us heal. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast and if you leave a review on iTunes, you can send a screenshot to me and I'll do an oracle card reading for you. So just enjoy. Hello, Shireen.
1: How are you? Hi, I'm good. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here.
1: Oh my god, I'm so excited to talk. Um, I've been uh, listening to your podcast for a while now, so Yay. I just felt that you're. It's going to be so great to have you on. And I, I always start by asking uh, how you stay mindful and present.
2: Oh, it's such a good question. And as a highly sensitive person, it's so easy to leave the present behind because it be mm-hmm. it can become so overwhelming. So for me, I really practice harnessing my, my senses and, mm-hmm. you know, looking for something to anchor me or listening for something, touching something, whether it's, you know, just to like press my hands against my legs or to touch the the floor that i'm sitting on or to reach out and touch my partner or my kids these are the things that i do to um to stay here you know in my body in the present moment no matter what it is that's being presented to me in that moment
1: mm, yeah that's beautiful and um yeah i'm very excited that you're here i think uh, many listeners would like to know more about you and, and your background, so we can start with that.
2: Fantastic. So I am a mentor and coach to empaths and highly sensitive people, and mm-hmm. I have been guiding the sensitive soul in uh, my clients for about ten years now. And the work began when I broke free from a life that was completely misaligned for me. And mm-hmm. I left a marriage with my college sweetheart and the father of my first child which was a a fine relationship. You know, there was nothing particularly toxic about it other mm. than the fact that it just wasn't right for me. And mm. so I found it quite difficult to justify making such a big decision, but as I continued to stagnate and could see that I was repressing myself more and more, I could just I could no longer afford to stay, you know, as complicated as it was. And so I had this very challenging period of time where I became very honest and I shared what I needed and wanted. And in that process, because all the things that I had repressed started to come out, Mm -hmm. I found that my sensitivities and my intuition really started to amplify. And so as I'm, you know, departing this one life, the safe life that I had known for 10 years, and started to make my way forward into the completely unknown mysterious future, mm. I suddenly had this amazing partnership come online, not with somebody else, but with myself, with my inner guidance, with um, with what my senses wanted to communicate to me, with what my spirit guides wanted to tell me. And from that point forward, my life has really felt very guided, very grounded as well, because
0: mm.
2: what I find is that in, the kind of spiritual guide realm or um, personal development world, sometimes the work can get very esoteric. And for Mm -hmm. the average person, they can't access that. And so that's why I really speak to the nervous system and the body and trauma and the idea that we are so sensitive, um, especially those of us who identify as empaths or HSPs. Mm -hmm. And I really get into the nitty gritty of, you know, how does this show up for each of us? And then how can we thrive with these gifts instead of having them be one of the reasons why we don't show up fully in our lives.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true. And um, I think if you learn more about it and and understand it, it becomes a strength and a gift. So it's nothing that should limit you. And I've been writing a lot about empaths too, Mm -hmm. and highly sensitive. And we can start by empath. I think many of my listeners are empaths, but maybe we can just define what it is.
2: Yeah, sure. So Mm. there's a difference between empathy, which is um, kind of a trait, and being Mm. an empath, which is um, an inborn way of being. And Mm. so empathy means that you can put yourself in the shoes of someone else. You can have compassion for their experience. You can maybe relate to their experience or imagine why they might feel the way that they feel. Mm -hmm. Whereas being an empath, it goes beyond that level of compassion to an actual embodied experience of your own, Mm -hmm. where it becomes very difficult to separate whether you're feeling something that's truly your feelings, your emotions, your energies, or whether it's coming from somebody else, either somebody who's nearby in the same room or space as you, or somebody who you love and are deeply connected to who could be all the way around the world. And so it becomes very confusing to live as an empath because it's hard to connect to and ground into what we are actually feeling ourselves and separate those things out. So that's one of the big challenges that I see that folks who are empaths run into on a daily basis.
1: Mm. And it's really, it, can, it goes beyond, I think, Uh, like single individuals. It's also like the collective because I think many of us now as 2020 started, I think Mm -hmm. I've heard a couple of people around me that are definitely like uh, empaths and sensitive. We all have had like problems with the stomach and it, it can become like very physical and there's, it's not a physical thing. It's something else energetically that is happening. And, yeah. um, we just talked about it the other day uh, with a couple of friends. So I think it's, yeah. it's real, it can be very overwhelming when you don't Absolutely. know that it becomes yes. very tough.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, here I am thinking I have the flu when yeah. really it's me processing the grief of, you know, the burning animals in exactly. Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it is very intense right now and it's, it it's so much that that has built up to what's happening now so it's like so dense and i think it's really important yeah. to be to, to know that we are all connected and something that happens on the other side of the world does affect us too like physically emotionally spiritually everything
2: absolutely so
1: yeah the empath uh, we have also had an episode about highly sensitive maybe we can we can talk about that as well just to
2: sure.
1: know yeah Just to explain it.
2: Yeah, so the highly sensitive person is someone who has a different nervous system um, than Mm. the average human. About 20% of the human population has literally a more sensitive nervous system. So what that means is that the sensory data restrictions that our our nervous system will put on incoming information from sights and sounds and smells and uh, energies and emotions and things like that um when the nervous system is more open and more sensitized more information comes in mm. and yet we're still in other ways very similar to other people and so what this results in is a lot of overwhelm a lot of anxiety a lot of distractedness not sure you know what it is that's preventing you from staying focused on your tasks and things like that and it's mm. literally a nervous system response it's physiological because there's so much information coming in and a lot of times it's unconscious. You know, you're not necessarily aware that this is happening. You just have the side effects of it which looks like oftentimes things like anxiety and overwhelm. Mm, yeah. So what I found is that um every empath that I engage with is also a highly sensitive person, but not every highly sensitive person relates to being an empath. So mm, kind of mm. like Empaths and HSPs go together, but HSPs don't necessarily go with being an empath.
1: No, that's true. I think maybe um, when you are a highly sensitive person, you, you can tend to I mean for me it's been like yoga and meditation and all of this mm-hmm. have helped me as a highly Absolutely. sensitive so it 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 comes naturally but then if you're an empath then you have all these other uh, <laughs> dimensions so it's like yes. you don't know what is what is what anymore it it also melts together and they help yeah. each other right so it's exactly. like exactly <laughs> and and but it is about i think it's like a inner evolution when you start understanding yourself first and then yeah. start working with it and then start empowering yourself like your podcast I, I love the name mm. of it because <laughs> empath to power it's like it's a powerful thing and it's beautiful yeah. and if everyone would be empaths it, it would be a different world I think I agree yeah it's it's like a, just understanding how one's intentions and because intentions are also something that mm. not all people pick up like if exactly. sensing intentions behind people's words and actions it's really yeah. really important too it and, is
2: and it can yeah. be it can be such a um, both a mechanism of strength and also a mechanism of sabotage because Mm. When empaths will read someone's unspoken and maybe even unconscious intentions Mm. that go deeper than what they're saying or behaving like on the surface, Mm. it can do one of two things. One, it can help you steer, you know, navigate around this person and say, okay, they're saying one thing, but I can read into this and see that they don't quite mean what they say or they're not, Mm. they're not in that position. It's not aligned somehow. Mm. But the other thing that happens is that empaths will ignore the surface behaviors of someone. So that this is where like the opposite takes place, where they say um, bad things, toxic things, abusive things, but underneath the empath can see like the good heart and the good soul mm. of this person. And so what will happen is they'll get into these cycles of getting in relationships with people who don't treat them with respect, who don't um, have... An alignment between their soul and their heart, but because the empath is seeing past it, they're mm. kind of accepting being treated like crap, you know, for lack mm. of a better phrase. And so, I encourage people to um, almost like backtrack and pull their perceptions up to the surface because we are living with every day on a day-to-day basis the surface. We're mm. living with how that person's speaking to you, with how they're treating to you, treating you, with how they're behaving and if you overlook those things you can get into a very toxic cycle very fast. So like yeah. there's just kind of an interesting dynamic with that I think it's important to point out.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's very true because I think also when when you are an empath it can it's so easy to go from like being angry to to feeling bad for someone because you understand that their behavior is coming from a wound it has or context yeah yeah so so then you become like yeah you, be, you become very empathetic it's it's a beautiful thing and i also want to talk <laughs> about like because you i we both have the same interests we're also mm-hmm. working with the tarot and, oh, and yes. this like i I'm, I'm thinking about psychic abilities also mm-hmm. like I think it like melts into that as well. How do you see see it?
2: I do. I actually have mm-hmm. on my website a quiz for folks to take if they think they're an empath because mm-hmm. there are actually a number of different ways that this shows up for people. And so there's nine different types of empaths that at least I have come across in my practice so far. There's some like subtypes, but there's nine main ones. And one of them is oh. a psychic empath.
0: Okay. And
2: that is where your level of empathic connection comes by way of the clair senses, the clair cognizance, clear audience, um, mm. all of those, all of those things. And so um, it can be very confusing and very hard to set psychic boundaries mm. in that respect. And I have one client in particular who was like, how do I turn this off? You know, most empaths have a real hard time turning off these connections. And when it's a psychic connection, it can get especially overwhelming Mm. because you've got all of this, um, etheric information coming to you and you're also still trying to navigate your everyday life. So it can be very hard to figure out exactly, um, how to navigate that space. And Mm. so it's really important to understand that that's what's going on. So you can begin to establish those energetic boundaries and start allying with your spirit family to help you out in that department because you will get assistance. You just need to know who and how to ask.
1: Mm. And and what are the different empath types, Yay. if you want to get into that? It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah,
2: sure. So I'll, I'll go through just a few of them. Yeah. Um, the one that I am is a communication empath. And mm. so that makes me naturally very good at feeling where someone is and saying the right thing. Mm. So that can be very, very powerful in forming connections with people, and it can be a shadow aspect where you could manipulate, you know, because you know how to get to that person, you know what you need to say in order to get a result. And so you really have to, with all of these empathic superpowers, wield them with integrity and understand and do your own shadow work so that you're not unconsciously being manipulative in that case.
0: Mm. So
2: it, for me, um, where I've turned that superpower is in my, my marketing and in my messaging Mm. and really making sure that, I am speaking to my people and as I release the need to make everyone happy in my marketing and make everyone um, agree with me, I am doing a better and better job of connecting with the people who are meant to be in my community and kind of repelling the rest because I could speak to them too and try to bring them on board. I could do it. I'm a communication empath, but is it worth my energy and my time? No, I'm not here to help everyone. I'm here to help my people. So that they Mm -hmm. can help their people and we can have that ripple effect in the most effective and fast way. So Mm -hmm. um, that's the communication empath. It's just knowing what to say and how to say it because you can feel where the people are, the person is, the audience is that you're speaking with. Mm -hmm. Um, Super, super powerful. It's Mm -hmm. great for writers. I have a whole list of like the right career paths that kind of fit all these different empath Mm. types types too. So you can just, you know, start to get supported from these gifts. Mm. Um, Another one is an animal empath. So this is Mm. your animal communicator, the person who's feeling all of the devastation around the world with our animal kingdom, who can, can know what state an animal is in, whereas somebody else might just think, Oh, that cat's fine. They're just taking a nap. And, you know, the animal empath will walk into a room and say, what's wrong with that cat? You know, wh- why is it so lethargic? Or, you know, they'll they'll have a, a better connection to the animal kingdom. They're plant empaths, too, mm. who make that connection with the plant world and with trees, especially um, with the mycelium, with the mushroom kingdom. Mm. These are often our medicine people, our herbalists, people who um, have a real knack for putting together formulas with herbs, for example. Um, because they can feel and connect to the the beings that are those plants
0: mm-hmm. in ways
2: that other people can't. Um, so that's just a few of them. I mean, there's, oh. there's, we could just go into it for days, but.
1: Uh, <laughs> I love these. I never heard yeah. about these different types, yeah. but it makes so much sense because yeah. I can see like around me, like beautiful people who are just working with so many different like things. And sometimes I think, oh, I should be doing that, but it it's right. not in, like, it's not coming to me, uh, like, uh, just naturally. Form. No, exactly. So it's, yes. I'm not meant to do that because they are so much more connected to it. Um, exactly.
2: You can feel a little bit more um, self-assured in what your path is.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm thinking about the communication empath. I think uh, if you are so, like, your, your type of, Empath, that's a great uh, type because I'm thinking that you are uh, also able to teach others about this exactly. and to guide others and to write about it, to talk about it. So, I, I mean, I love your website. It's it's so beautiful. So <laughs> I I you. can see that you are that. You know what people need.
2: <laughs> now it makes sense, right? And that's very why, much. You know, not everybody yeah. needs to have that kind of thing, but for me doing those things and being very intentional about it is a natural mm. expression of the way that I that I empath, you know, if we want to turn it into a verb.
1: Mm. So beautiful. And I can mm. also see on your website that, yeah, as I mentioned, we have one more thing in common. It's, it's mm-hmm. the tarot. And yes. how did your spiritual journey, like, is, mm. is, it, is it the same point uh, as you just talked about when your spiritual journey began as well? at the same yes. time. Yes,
2: I mean they were very 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 closely tied in timing. I think the spiritual aspect was actually what gave me the clarity to see what was misaligned in my first marriage. So mm-hmm. it was like a little bit it came a little bit first. And what happened was I started to um I started to communicate with plants and with stones and with things that I didn't really even understand the context around. And now I know more about my ancestry. So I know why these things make sense for me. Mm. And I, I found my first mentor. And that mentor really helped me unlock my energy field, connect with the subtle body, understand the chakra system, um, just kind of help me navigate this whole new world that I had been unconsciously connected to, but had never, I wasn't raised in um, in that kind of a spiritual environment, I was raised in a Protestant Christian household, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. liberal, but we didn't have those conversations. I didn't know my mom was doing moon rituals, even though she was. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
2: and so as I started to turn that back on, that's what really started to lead through my like practical everyday life transformation. And now it's all so intertwined and intimate. Um, I have a very, very deep spiritual relationship with so many aspects of life on earth and I feel like it gives me a lot of peace in times where as an empath I could very easily get overwhelmed and sad and grief struck and having um, a higher perspective at the same time as remaining grounded is Mm. what helps me get up in the morning and feel like what I'm doing is enough.
0: Mm. That's
1: beautiful. I think the, the part about the ancestry is, is uh, interesting too. What what did you mm-hmm. find out there that was yeah. important?
2: Um, so I started to study herbalism, clinical herbalism mm-hmm. to be specific, at the same time as getting very interested in the trauma-healing aspects of entheogenic medicines, um, mm-hmm. things like psilocybin mushrooms, and mm-hmm. I was wondering... You know, why is it that that these, these particular plants, this particular form of entheogen um, is resonating with me so strongly? And so I went and did my DNA tests mm-hmm. through a couple of different places. Mm-hmm. And the one that I ended up um, really getting very focused on was the matrilineal line, which is the mother line straight through back all the way as far as they can trace it.
0: Mm-hmm. The
2: unbroken line of mothers. And... Mm-hmm my unbroken line of mothers shows um, a very unique migration pattern into Europe. I am like 100% white woman, European. Mm -hmm. And so I also wanted to make sure because I am very, very sensitive to colonialism um, Mm -hmm. and colonization and those energies are just not going to serve the work that I'm here to do. So I don't want to be a a perpetrator of that myself. Mm -hmm. And so as I found, um, through my mother line, I have deep roots in Northern Europe. And from Northern Europe, which I arrived to by way of Siberia, mm-hmm. which is the seat of shamanism, it's where the word yep. shaman comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, I made my way through the mother line into Lapland and into Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. And then into um, Northern Scotland and into the like mm-hmm. outmost rugged parts of Scotland and Ireland and then finally into England. So mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of European ancestry and what I've been finding in the Druidic histories in the Germanic histories um, in the Norse traditions is that the primary hallucinogenic uh, visionary plant medicine, if you want to call it a plant mm-hmm. is the Amanita muscaria, the the Mm. fly agaric mushroom. Mm. And there are a whole host of psychedelic mushrooms that grow in Ireland still. And a lot of kind of buried stone house ceremony spaces that they are now drawing parallels to with ceremonial work with mushrooms.
0: Mm.
2: And so those kind of findings made me feel like I belong with this work, that I'm not taking this work from someone who has more of a right to it than I do. And I can find my own way because those, unfortunately the songs and the the poems and the spells have long since been burned. And so mm. there's only a chance to connect with the ancestors in spirit form and the modern day um, plant spirits and beings to mm. form a new way. That's mm. kind of, uh, you know, my own. And that goes with herbs and mugwort and all of the ancestral herbs that I feel such a deep resonance with. And, You know, I do I do vote for those over the more popular and yet also often endangered herbs that are grown here where I live in California. Mm. Things like white sage, where, Mm. you know, we talk a lot about smudging and that's not really Mm. an appropriate term for Europeans to use, nor is it an appropriate plant for us to use. So Mm. I use mugwort instead.
0: (laughs) Mm.
1: That's a beautiful one, too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's really those islands are very powerful. <sighs> uh, it's it, I yes. I felt drawn. It's I'm I don't live that far from them, and I lived mm-hmm. in Ireland actually mm. <laughs> during my time in Ireland. It was not. A, um, I don't know if you can say it in English, but like dance on roses. It's not, It oh, was not uh-huh. an easy <laughs>
0: path. It was like yes.
1: getting into deep shadow work and oh, it's like so peeling strong. off everything. So I had a different connection to the island, but yeah. I think it's very like, I think a lot of past life traumas mm. are are like, yeah. I mean, up until not long ago, it, it wasn't uh, yeah. allowed to work with, with the herbal medicine with magic no. with healing with midwifery and and there's a lot of pain that is that is Absolutely. still there and even here in Sweden we had um, mm-hmm. witch hunts and, and so yeah. so all of Europe has different uh it's it's amazing how you can go to one place because I always feel like I'm called to a place and I have yeah. to go there and every place has its energy because People have been there. Nature has its own energy. The plants mm. has its own energy. Everything is yeah. living. So I think that's beautiful. I I always feel drawn to to these islands too. So I think mm-hmm. that has to do more with a past life because I have mm. roots in Middle East. So ah. I have a different <laughs> lineage there. <laughs> it's a soul
2: <laughs> uh, thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. It is, and I yeah. I feel deeply with with. Uh, the mountains of of Mm. the middle eastern mountains and and the goddesses that has arisen there so uh, it's it's like merging together everything I think it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful and I I think it's really interesting uh, regarding the herbal medicine like have you been able to use uh, the herbal medicine to for healing absolutely yeah and rituals of course as well
2: Yes. Um, mm. It was funny because it really aligns with my my passion for neuroscience and the nervous system and mm. working with challenges and opportunities such as anxiety and depression and panic attacks because those mm. are the classes of herbs that right away in my studies called out to me that resonated with me that I immediately could feel how to work with, with um, the clients that I was seeing in my clinical training. And so I work with those. There's a whole class of herbs called the nervines and they Mm. are tonics and um, rebuilders of the myelin sheath. There is some Mm. incredible alliances that we have with the plant kingdom to help support the nervous system, which is the seat of our perception. It's the seat of our emotional state. It's where being an empath and HSP lives in our body. And Mm. so I love to integrate the herbs into what I teach and into what I share. And then when I have private clients, it's always like on the back of my mind of is there somebody that wants to support this person from the plant kingdom you know Mm. and what can I recommend and of course you have to be really cautious with herbs too because they Mm. are so powerful and they are um, not always in harmony with other supplements or pharmaceutical medications so you really have to like you have to be aware of those things and be really careful
1: yeah and I think we don't realize it but we do use herbs in in our daily lives. But sometimes we we just, we take it for granted. We don't realize that we're actually using a herb. Plant medicine. Mm -hmm. medicine. I'm thinking about like it it became, because I study Chinese medicine to be an acupuncturist right now. So I remember my teacher saying that yeah some things become so popular like ginger for example yeah. and then you start drinking it or taking it every day but it's a very heating herb <laughs> yes, and it it's it, it's it's great when you have a cold but it's yep. not supposed to be like like miss it's like we live in a society that w- when we start doing something it's like it has to be so is <laughs> so massive and so it's much all or nothing <laughs> exactly and and we start using a plant that Maybe here up in, in some countries, it's not been used, so we have exactly. to like understand it and respect it. And it's all, with mm-hmm. all food and everything that we put into our body, of course. But it's it, uh, uh, yeah, the, the mainstream education or information does not tell us these things, so no,
2: it, it you can
1: people become imbalanced from it,
2: they, they do. And I think there's also a real tendency to like take this for that mentality Mm. kind of like an allopathic or western medicine approach Mm. to just oh you have this symptom this is the herb that will you know dry out your mucous membranes if you have a cold and your nose is running Mm. without really looking at what are the conditions of the body that have led to the virus being Mm. able to take root and what are your lifestyle choices and how are you eating and how is your hydration and What's going on emotionally? You know, there's a far more holistic potential for working with these herbs than just saying, oh, you have a cold, you know, take some ginger and lemon and call it good. Mm. That is a good remedy. And it probably needs to be partnered with some other things to help support Mm. your body and returning to its dynamic balance.
1: Exactly. It does affect everything. And uh, that's what I love about Chinese medicine because mm-hmm. we go way back. We go back exactly. to like before you are b- born. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like that happened. then? <laughs> so it's like 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 the yeah, it, and the organs are seen because I'm also studying Western medicine now. So mm-hmm, uh, I'm, good. yeah, I want yeah, and and um, it's so different the way we look at the organs. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it because the organs in Chinese medicine is. Is so different. It's tied to yeah. emotions. It's it's tied to like different wills, different yeah. uh, seasons. So it's an elements. It's it's a very holistic way of seeing it, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think just. Like you said, there can't be one thing that can fix everything. We we can't like bypass or just like ignore (laughs) the work that we have to do. It's
2: so tempting, but it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it has to start with the consciousness first, and and to to realize that the way we are living is not. It's not. um,
2: It's not functional. No. Yeah. we have to like yeah. make
1: changes. and I think there is a an awakening uh, out there and and mm-hmm. um yeah, it just has to spread a little bit more
2: <laughs> yes, please <Yeah. laughs> That's what we're all we're all missionaries for that cause
1: exactly. And,
2: and I wanted to speak to that the idea of bypassing and mm. specifically how it relates to the guidance that most empaths and HSPs get when they like start Googling or, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to navigate this space. And one of the first things that pops up is boundaries. Like boundaries Mm -hmm. is probably the number one term, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's like, this is what you need to do in order to thrive. And Mm -hmm. it can be really tempting to think that as you master boundaries, your experience is going to be different. But what they don't really address is the underlying nervous system compensation patterns that developed in the first place to make you boundaryless. So Mm. if you just slap on a boundary behavior, like Mm. I'm going to say no to this toxic person, it's almost like taking ginger for a cold. Mm. It's kind of a parallel idea where you might have a little bit of relief from that one relationship or that one you know, afternoon. (laughs) Mm. But you're not going to find a root cause. Um, You're not going to address the root cause just by looking at boundaries alone. And so when I teach this, the body of work that I teach, Mm. it's almost like a Chinese medicine approach where it's so much more holistic. And we start with a physiology, like let's learn what your fight, flight, freeze and fawn responses are, Mm. which patterns are yours. And so You know, how are you compensating for all the things that you're sensing that you probably don't even know you're sensing? Um, Where do we start with that? And that's why I talked about the the senses at the very beginning of the show, because as we connect to our ordinary senses in a different way, we re-engage with our nervous system and we train ourselves to really be in the driver's seat of our embodied experience, which is what it means to me to be empowered.
1: Mm. Yeah, so true. And just i've I've been looking at your uh, website a lot before this and <laughs> and I see that you are and I've seen also, I think on Instagram sometimes you do readings, right? Yeah okay. yeah. so I would love for you to talk about the tarot <laughs> too. It's, I love it, and your connection to animals as well and your beautiful yeah. tarot cards.
2: Oh how fun! Yeah, so as empaths, we have a blazing intuition. Um, every every empath I've ever met has an incredibly strong intuition, and so we can we can play with that in many different realms. And Tarot for me is such a a beautiful, potent way to tap into the collective consciousness and to receive what you maybe don't know that you need to see. And you know, I think one of the most important aspects of working with a tarot before I talk about, you know, the way that I do it is, is the importance of asking good questions. And mm. this, this also has a parallel with what I teach my private clients because many of them are going around going, why is this happening to me? Or, well, how can I fix this person? How can I help them? And I teach them. And I practice myself the power of asking, better quality questions, you know, mm. so when we work with a tarot, it really helps to learn how to speak with your deck and what mm. kinds of questions provide clearer answers, you know, because the better question you ask, the better answer you're going to have. So um, mm. I love asking all the decks that I work with very open-ended questions, but at the same time, specific enough to whatever situation it is that I want guidance around that I can interpret the information that I get. Um, I think interpreting the tarot is definitely a lifelong process
1: Mm, of
2: understanding like the patterns in the cards, especially when you start doing full readings with multiple cards and Mm. understanding the dynamics between each of the cards and how they're kind of talking to each other and Mm. relating to the whole, you know, overarching theme that you're looking for insight around. Um, So I will ask, you know, what do I need to know about Myself in the situation. So Mm -hmm. I won't say, like, what do I need to know about the situation? I'll say, what do I need to know about myself in the situation? Mm -hmm. And that provides just that much more nuance to what the card says that it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's not about the externals, it's always about us. It's about how we engage with life Mm -hmm. and anything that we can use that empowers us to engage with more presence and confidence um, and courage is extremely useful. And so I work with the tarot every single day mm. and I um, developed my own deck. And so uh, mm. two years ago, we had this magical Instagram unfoldment happen where mm. my husband and I were, were talking about working with animals because the first kind of spiritual awakening I had was around being able to read animal energies as they related to people. And so I could tell, Mm -hmm. oh, this person needs to work with lion energy. This person needs to work with mouse energy. This person needs to work with gecko or salamander. Mm -hmm. I could just feel it's like a fingerprint in the energy world that I could just tap into. And so we wanted to make a card deck so people could do that on their own and form these connections because it's so powerful and affirming and connecting. Mm -hmm. And so T. Gray, my husband, was on Instagram and came across this really wonderful animal artist named Tanya Castile, Ooh. and he saw this painting she had done with stars all over it in this gorgeous watercolor style, and nice. it was a raccoon. And mm-hmm. so he reaches out to her and says, hey, so um, I love your art, and my wife and I are thinking about creating this animal tarot or oracle deck. And want to collaborate with an artist because we can do the art, but, you know, we'd rather focus on collaboration and and Mm. create something that's bigger than us, you know. Mm. And so she replies back and she said, "Um, yes, because I'm selling these series of paintings to raise money to go to Peru with you. On one of your retreats. Mm-hmm. And so apparently <laughs> she already knew who we were and yeah. was like on the wait list for one of my retreats. And it was yeah. just like this totally magical synchronistic events yeah. <laughs> and so yeah it all it all came together and she she came to Peru she had a very mm. very powerful experience in the jungle with us there with our group and mm. and then we went on to create the whole entire deck and there was a oh. lot of like really Human aspects to creating a deck, like a spreadsheet with each card position and mm. what animal it needed <laughs> to be, and you know why that animal. And then I use that to outline the book and then write the book. Um, mm. And I, I think that guidebook, the deck, is the Wild Messengers Alchemical Tarot, and mm. the guidebook is probably like my proudest achievement to date. And I'm, mm. um, I'm just insanely grateful to the guides and the kind of oversoul of the project that took the lead and I just basically channeled because Mm. I read that book now and I think I cannot believe I typed these words I mean I know I did I remember it but um every time it's just scary how Mm. on (laughs) point it is and so it's like how did this happen so Mm. if I didn't have um a deep trust in the system of tarot to help us see ourselves before that project. I certainly do now. And, um, and that's why I have it as a part of my daily practice and I don't always work with my deck. I have some favorites, Mm -hmm. but, um, it is just such a a wonderful way to like recenter, Mm -hmm. even if it's just a simple one card draw, it's like, you know, who, who am I, who am I best served by being today? Or what do I need to be aware of in today's energies that I'm going to need to navigate?
0: You know, mm. these are some
2: of the things that I'll, that I'll ask for. I'll ask for a reflection at the end of the day. Like, what, what, was, I, what was I receiving from today? You know, mm. what was it that today has for me that I haven't been able to put to words yet? You know, and the
1: cards will just show me right away. And I'll be like, oh, I know what that's about. Yep, mm. that <laughs> totally is right. Mm. <laughs> And it's always like that. It's very accurate. And I think there's, it can be, there can be a misconception that tarot is only like predictive and and Mm -mm. it's like about the future. But it's actually, I think we use it more as a, guide and reading what the energy is right now and uh, there's always space to change what what is coming so it's it's very guiding in a way and and did you also structure the cards as the traditional tarot or is it different yeah
2: yeah so I I went through a whole kind of thought process around this and it Mm -hmm. it became clear as we got closer and closer to like starting to Finalize the structure of the deck and where each animal was. That the the format of the tarot, being the journey of awakening, and then the kind of everyday human aspects in the minor arcana, mm-hmm. it just really resonated with me. And then when I tied in the elementals, because I have a deep connection with water, air, fire, and earth, as we mm-hmm. all do, but mm-hmm. try to make mine more conscious. Um, we used those elements for the suits and woven traditions of alchemy and the the idea that we are all in a constant process of evolution and refinement Mm. and so all of those little layers and nuances wanted to be kind of overlaid throughout the entire tarot deck experience and i figured out what phase of alchemy each of the major arcana cards fits with and and then i was like well we have to make this non-binary we have to make it Mm. exclusive you know um inclusive and so I renamed some of the major cards. There's a connection in the book. So if people are like, what card is this? This is Gaia. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the Empress. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't want to call it that because I didn't want anyone who loves animals and is open to a non-human centric tarot deck to feel like, oh, this, this doesn't talk to me. This doesn't include me. I don't feel like I belong to this. I wanted mm-hmm. it to belong to everyone.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. And the cards are so beautiful to look at. Thank I love you. the cat card.
2: <laughs> yes, there are so many cats in this deck. Everyone's uh, like, why so many
1: cats? I they, they, they were very vocal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they are very
0: powerful. <laughs> they are I, I, very I
1: just powerful. love the, the... I think it's most recently that I've been uh, connecting more and more to, like, the messages from the animals. Because I had an yeah. experience... Uh, it was like a month ago, maybe or two, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and and here in Sweden, and we don't we don't really I I don't live out in the countryside either, so mm-hmm. I've never heard crickets like y- oh. you know I've I've been I lived in in uh, California for for a year. I remember hearing them in the mm-hmm. night, right? Or is it crickets? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's crickets so, and there's cicadas, but it's exactly <laughs> those
1: two, exactly. So. Uh, and, and I woke up and I heard like thousands of them, oh like all around me, d- downstairs, like everywhere. And I was like, okay, I didn't <laughs> what what is, what is it? That? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why is it so loud? And I'm like, I'm so mm. sensitive. I, like my, my hearing is the oh, most yeah. open <laughs> mm. sense, like to everything. Uh-huh. So, and then I went back to bed and then I think, either it was the, after that or bef- right before that uh, when i walked down to the um water right down down the hill here uh, there's um uh, it's it's a school actually for kids to ride horses but there's also a lot of mm. i don't know what you call it in english but like a, like a place where they have a lot of horses uh, okay. running like a around or- yeah mm-hmm. something like that but but they're out in like you, you when you pass that area you see them out Aww. outside so mm-hmm. they're so beautiful and but usually they don't uh, react to people because a lot of people are passing by there and 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 sure. uh, like looking but but this time as soon as i came down the hill a white horse just looked oh. at me a big one and started making noise and sound <laughs> <laughs> and it was so, i'm like wow that was the first time i heard that and then i yeah. passed it and then i came to the next area and those horses also started Uh, when they saw me and then I started walking to the other area and a horse like started like walking with me I Mm. I don't know I've always felt like they ignore you (laughs) but this time it was like something was Mm. they were probably trying to communicate um,
2: yeah for sure and they felt something in you I feel like horses are You know, in so many ways, the empaths of the animal kingdom, I mean, all animals are so deeply connected, but horses in particular Mm. really feel, they really feel people. And because of the relationship through domestication, particularly Mm. with humans, and how beneficial it is for them to be aware of the state of the rider and to be in tune and in sync and in partnership, and also like to be cautious and to, understand when someone doesn't have good intentions. Horses are so sensitive
0: Mm. to energies and, Mm.
2: you know, it's like, it's a, to me, it's a reminder that, that our sensitivity is where our power lies Mm. when we listen to it and when we trust it. And that is what will take us places because horses have been the way that we have expanded into the world, you know, since Mm. we first developed our relationship with them so many thousands of years ago mm. that was the only way we could go into the places that they took us. And mm. so it's like your sensitivity can take you into new places as well that you couldn't get to without it um mm. as your partner. But you have to learn how to ride it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And imagine like I mean it's still amazing that a a small human being could even start I think maybe because they were intuitive and they were working Mm -hmm. with the with the horses in a different way back then. It was like a connection and they had probably a a lot more respect for the animals as well. Yeah. I hope so. (gasps) But yeah, and then when when this 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 is really important because there are I mean now Everything is open, like what's happening to animals out there. And, and then we have and, uh, animals, humans, everything. Everything is living uh, yeah. beings. We need to like be very mindful and to use our... If we are guided to, towards a specific cause, we, it's, it's really beautiful. We, we are all now moving into action together. So it's,
0: exactly. it's powerful.
2: Exactly. And we don't have to do it all. You know, I think that's one of the like curses of the empathic body of wisdom is that we feel so much for all these different beings and we feel for the planet and we feel Mm. for the stars and the moon and the sun (laughs) and, you know, time backwards and forwards. Mm. And so it can feel like just so much to try and, you know, affect positive change upon Mm. and, I say, just pick something, you know, Mm. one thing that you feel deeply connected with and passionate about, maybe it's horses, maybe it's um, rescue dogs, maybe it is vegetarianism, maybe Mm. it's composting. Um, Mm. You know, it could be any of these things. It could be, you know, sustainably farmed and and ethically harvested meats. Like Mm. all of these things in balance are what's going to lead to, a more harmonious coexistence with all beings and we can all just do our little part and it does make a difference like Mm. we are enough we are enough and the world is wise and nature does not shy away from death and pain it's just part of things and so we don't have to feel like we need to fix everything all the time
0: Mm. so true
1: Oh, it was so lovely to talk to you. I'm so happy. <laughs> I would like to just ask you how people can connect with you because you ha- have you have your podcast. Maybe you want to yeah. share that and the other places they can find you.
2: Sure. So I have my podcast at empath2power.com where you can just search for empath as a keyword and we should show right up pretty much mm-hmm. wherever podcasts are found. And that show is really to help empower the sensitive Populations to channel your gifts and put them into a purposeful existence, you know, so that you don't go to bed at night going, What am I doing with my life? Mm. Um, Having lived that journey and guided many, many, many folks on that journey as well, it's such a pleasure to share the interviews and conversations and just thoughts that I have about the experience of being an empath and highly sensitive person. So Mm. it's a fun show. I try mm-hmm. to keep it positive, but also real and a little badass here and there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I <laughs> and love it. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you can come to my website, lolapicket.com. That has pretty much links to everything else. It has links to the tarot deck in my shop and upcoming course releases. I have my really powerful physiological nervous system. Um, training course called empathology and that comes out a few times a year so you can get on the wait list for that um it's an incredible community and training and nothing else like it so far that i've seen so i'm really mm. proud of that work too and that's it Easy. like i keep it super simple yeah. i i love playing on instagram that's how we connected and mm. so um you can come find me there too and that's mm. just um the lola pickett at the lola pickett <laughs>
1: yes and i will share all the links also in, in the podcast show notes i'm super grateful that you took your time we have a major time difference it's <laughs> 8 a.m here and it's like 11 a.m over there right yeah <laughs> the it's, p. M. P.
2: M. it's so, past my bedtime but for yes you, Shereen, I'm, oh, I'm thank you <laughs>
1: i so appreciate you thank you so much and good night
2: <laughs> thank you
0: so much and good morning and, and thank you for listening thank you Thank you so much for listening, I hope this episode can bring you more light and some more knowledge around uh, the topic of empaths, I hope if it resonates with you that you can use the suggestions and advice and the guidance that Lola provided here and I appreciate that you took the time to listen, if you do leave a review let me know and I'll do an oracle card reading, so let's just close off this podcast with one breath in through the nose. And exhale through the mouth. Namaste.